contains strong language and reference to alcohol. Previously on Masks of Mayhem. The foreman stands up, uh, holds up a piece of paper. We, the jury, have unanimously found Union guilty. We have opted to leave the final sentencing in the hands of Judge Lynch. However, we want to make it clear in our standing that it is not our desire that Union be disbanded. I asked Betsy, I was like, what What are your thoughts? Markovic is who started all of this. Removing him from the equation would be a fundamental shift in how Union behaves. I've always been able to count on him that, you know, if we needed an increase in funding, I didn't have to twist his arm very much to get it. He was always willing to just let me take control of the situation. So in any of these cases, I guess I'm looking forward to a bit more time talking with uh, the United Nations Security Council. The problem is the UN could decide we're not funding a mission because politically we don't want to deal with that. They could threaten if you do a certain mission, we'll take away funding for next year. Apparently Betsy's been working with some uh, mystics and they determined that this uh, energy source would be useful for a project that, that Union's working on. What project? That one I don't know about. I know I know they want to basically uh, use it to power something. Oh, that doesn't ever end well. I was uh, tasked with uh, tracking it down and safeguarding it and uh, running some tests over one of our other bases to make sure it was stable, make sure it wasn't, uh, you know, corrupting anything like that. That's always good to know. And, uh, yeah, the, uh, the lab boys got it all stable, and, and that's when Betsy told me to bring it on back to Echo Base. So is it at Echo Base now, or with them? No, it's, it's, uh, it's at Echo Base now. Are we allowed to see it? You'd have to ask Kevin about that one. I mean, I don't, I don't see, I don't see why not. I know it's under, like, a, you know, it's got, like, a super containment field around it. So I don't know if you can actually see see it, but hmm, that makes sense. It's something that powerful you'd want to keep safe. Sounds like something else for another time then. Visual Aid, Yardak, and Laserhawk, you are entering the local union facility in Riverside City on a personal summons from Director Betsy Bullard. Hey, Betsy. This is not union base, right? Correct. This is this is not Echo Base. Echo Base. Which is previously the local like base that was attacked, shut down after the events of the city siege, and stayed shut down until after the trial, which has now left Union with uh, more red tape and fewer resources. I like the newer, smaller place. Easier access to Moby Dick's from there. Jeff is still up front checking people in, though. I missed all the training facilities at the old one. Was the fucking laser hut not good enough for you? <laughs> I've got big old trucks for the pushing. I don't remember seeing like anything like the horns in the laser hut. I have a duffel bag full of tennis balls and two dogs. You're gonna get your fucking exercise in, kid. We have been training together. I don't get to to fight, like, cool things from Space Cadet at the Laser Hut. 
No, you get to fight something cooler than that. Laser Hawk. Yeah, the problem is I don't want to hurt you, old man. I give him, like, a playful, like, punch. As you're walking in, you see Director Bullard is, again, a very much smaller location. Just, like, a handful of desks because only there's only a handful of agents now stationed in Riverside City as opposed to the, you know, the many and what was essentially a major thoroughfare for Union previously. My boyfriend is still here, though, right? Correct. Agent Alan Rickard does still work there. He is not there currently, though. Okay, that's fine. But it is a few months now after the trial. It's January of 2022. When you walk in, you see Director Bullard, who looks very stern and serious in a manner you haven't seen in a little while. Mm-hmm. And she is standing with a person you don't recognize. Oh. He is a tall, broad-shouldered, a scowl etched perfectly into his face as though he's never had another expression. Oh no, he's hot. <laughs> Who's the dirty, hairy-looking guy next to Director Bullard? Brock Belay and we've been each other. <laughs> <laughs> You're not next to Betsy right now. Real quick, roll me an intellect check. Um, we're going to figure out who, who would and would not be familiar with each other. Would I roll intellect, or would this fall under pop culture? I'll put it under pop culture for you. Okay. I'm neither poppy nor intellecty. But that makes sense, because you wouldn't be familiar with most human cultures still. True, but 15. Because it's an intellect, only a 16. 17. Oh, we suck. You all actually, I would say, are at least baseline familiar with Beowulf. You don't know much about him, but you recognize the face a little bit, and the general demeanor would match, but uh, you don't really know enough about him. Definitely never been in the same room as him before. So as you walk up, Director Bullard goes, thank you for joining us today. Howdy, Betsy. What do you need us for this time? So you guys are the superheroes that's been causing all the trouble. Allegedly. I mean, I feel like we're usually fixing the trouble, right? That's what I said, but they did not agree with us. Betsy's brought me in here to straighten you all out. I feel like that's a misunderstanding of the situation, Beowulf. I'm just going to give her a dirty look. So, Alex, what you would be familiar with as a union operative is that different bases do have containment facilities, and very specifically, the one in Riverside City's Echo Base. Basically, it turned out that there was a mole inside that had conspired with the villains inside, and they all worked together to break out and and lay siege to the city. It was pretty much every villain that they had captured throughout the season. And even ones we hadn't captured that were already in there when we started this whole damn thing. So what you're saying is you're a net you're a net negative for our operation. Yeah. We caught some of them again. Caught, caught most of them again. Wasn't my fuck up, it was theirs. Yell at Betsy. Learn those I want to. Betsy gestures for all of you to take a seat. There's some chairs sitting around the table. I have brought you in for a combination of factors, but Partially your familiarity with the subject matter. Ah, fuck. We have an item that is very important that is safely transferred from here in Riverside City to our main alpha base in Washington State. Oh, that's genuinely a surprise to Rachel. I would assume DC. Hell yeah, road trip time. Do they, do they do that to confuse people? People keep trying to look for in D.C., but it's actually in, in Washington State. I don't think that that's the uh, the canonical reason, but I love that. 
Robin Markovic is just like, we're going to throw them off their game. <laughs> <laughs> They'll keep coming to the wrong place to look for us. Now I've thrown them off his rhythm. Betsy has like a little projector screen behind her and pulls up, pulls up a bit of information. You see it is the Jewel of Bolivar, which you will remember last season ooh, was. Ooh, I, that's my tingles are tingling. I know that. Um, Dan, would you like to take over explaining what that is? Rickard found that, right? Yeah. Is that the thing Myra came and like charged? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Correct. So the Jewel of Bolivar is a uh, very powerful artifact, essentially a giant crystal. And it was searched for by Agent Alan Rickard. For the, he was gone the majority of the season in search of it. He found it and brought it back. And Myra, former member of the group, came back. So it's for just a brief cameo uh, to show up and supercharge it before taking back off on her secret mission. Betsy says, we have successfully removed a portion of, of the jewel itself working on breaking it down further. And we've, we've already removed the main portion of it to a secret facility. We were working on getting this one to our Washington base. Neat. However, Intel came in recently that apparently uh, a few parties are aware of our plans to transport it and may be attempting to take it for themselves. That's a damn midnight gang. Don't. They're locked up safe. Nothing bad's gonna happen to them. Yeah, the majority of them, at least. Do we have any idea what those parties are? Our intel indicates an information broker, so we're not 100% certain who all may be aware of it, but that information is classified and highly sensitive. And Okay. The jewel itself was used to power the siege of Riverside, so it's known that it contains a lot of power. Is it the kind of thing my brother would be interested in? I would certainly think so. Got some, got some family issues? You could say that. Initially, we were going to be sending Beowulf alone, but once we got this intel, I thought it was pertinent that he had backup. A group that is familiar with the jewel would be of use, and after some recent events, I figured Beowulf may need the company. Yeah, well, I've been cooped up in the city for too long. A nice little jaunt through the woods seems lovely. Yeah, we're always good for a road trip. Hell yeah. The biggest complication of this, due to its sensitivity, it does not handle air travel well. Therefore, we have to find a way otherwise to transport it, whether by land or rail or sea. <laughs> Just have Laser Hawk Pogo across the fucking country. <laughs> I was going to suggest the visual van. Are we actually taking a road trip in the visual van? Hell yeah, hell yeah. That is an option. We can provide you with either rail passage or a troop transport, whatever you would find best, or if you feel most comfortable in your own vehicle, visual. This is Brandon talking. I want a fight scene on the train. Please let me fight on the train. Literally, that was my thought, too. I was like, please train. I appreciate that. The van's not that. The van's a little old. I'm afraid it might not handle an actual cross-country road trip that well. Understandable. Beowulf is torn because going on a train is more familiar for him, but also that's an easy vehicle to ambush. Do you say that out loud? That's just me speculating. I would prefer to do something that we can travel light and unnoticed. Is there, are there any discrete vehicles that you need to lend us for this? You could borrow Kevin Lewis's compact and economical Honda Civic. Honestly, I'd feel bad putting that mileage on his car. I would rather use mine. My God, is that how hard the budget got cut? 
Even in our game, we got inflation. No, no, because she did mention a little bit ago she could set you up with like a troop transport. So like, you know, something that's made to hold a group of people. That'd be dope. That sounds dope. Actually, this is maybe Rachel and Ruby asking the question. Is his sedan, is that his car or is that union issued? Well, with how much he identifies with the job, I feel like he would consider it his own. But I think legally it belongs to, to the organization. Okay. Fuck you, RC. <laughs> no, let's take a train. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. We'll go incognito. You all can do incognito, right? Quite well. I just snap and like change my outfit completely to just me in like a hoodie with like a hood up. I make real clothes and hand them to Beowulf. I was like, you need a disguise? I raise my hand. I do, because fame is one of my complications. Yeah. As the only Atlantean on land. I change myself back, and then I hand out clothes to everyone and make clothes for myself, too. RC, what is the Union standard uniform? Because that's what Beowulf wears, plus the cowboy hat. You ever see the music video for YMCA? Because you kind of look like the cowboy. I think you're the first uh, smartass who said that to me. Standard issue agents tend to just wear suits. Most of the operatives have more specialized gears, particularly around their uh, power sets and whatnot, or, you know, whatever they might need to do. Okay, I probably wear something closer to what Betsy's wearing. Sort of that gray-black bodysuit. Big holster. Yeah, uh, he wouldn't, he'd probably have the, not the fancy logo version, but the just embossed version on the chest. Um, Big holster. And the biggest handgun ever, just on his right hip. Yeah, how noticeable is that? It's you. It's it's not easy to hide. What color is the Stenson? Uh, it's black. And he wears cowboy boots, too. So if you went to Westworld, you'd be the black hat. I suppose. So yeah, Betsy, once you've kind of made your decision, says, all right, I should be able to arrange train transport within the next few hours here. With that kind of short notice, it is likely to be a civilian train, but I should hopefully be able to get you a private compartment. Ooh, fancy dancy. Dope. Let's go off to the Orient Express. Oh, let's not so much murder, though. You didn't know the Orient Express was a real train, right? Yeah. It's still early. Come on, kids. I want to go to Moby Dick's. There is a Moby Dick's location, uh, which is a seafood restaurant for uh, for Alex. It's on the train. No, it's not on the train. God. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, but it is near the train station and kind of in between, actually, you know, between. Uh... What are we carrying the stone in? Imagine if they had a food court on trains. Oh, that'd be sweet. <laughs> Road trip across the country. Let's get Sparrows. <laughs> yeah, an Orange Julius and Sparrow and Auntie Anne's. Before you leave, I mean, the train station does have a food court if you'd rather go there. Um, but of course, it's all non-copyrighted locations like Lunar Lattes. Ah, uh, yes. Dick Monalds. To answer Rachel's actual plot question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what? You want to plot? Get out of here with your plot. Uh, Betsy says that when, they, when the train is set to leave off, they'll set you up with the person transporting it to the train station. Uh, and it'll be in like a specialized container. Okay, I asked Betsy if she can show me what the, it will look like. Sure. Uh, yeah, she shows it to you. It's like a sleek okay. black, but you know, kind of futuristic looking uh, briefcase. It has a fingerprint lock on it. Okay. Um, my plan is I'm going to make three of three extra of them, and we're each going to have one. Oh, that's fucking smart. You're smart. A little subterfuge. So that they don't know which one's real. Look, as long as it's real enough for me to give some of the good old bonk on the head, I'm happy. Feel free to use the fake ones as a weapon. Maybe not the real ones. That 
natural pretty dangerous. Yeah, this is also like a pretty hefty case too, so like she gives you a look at it. I'll have a Jackie Chan fight scene on the train. I don't give a fuck. I ask her, like, it needs for safety, it needs to stay in the case, right? I would highly recommend it. Uh, you definitely don't want it to touch your skin. Okay. Oh, great. Let's say Ruby learned that lesson. That's how I got my powers. I touched a meteor. <laughs> so yeah, what are you doing as you kill time? Did you already did you already make these spare briefcases? Is that what you're saying? I'm going to make them when we get the case. That way that they'll appear like we'll take them when we have the actual one. Okay. What are you doing to kill time and are you doing it together? Guess we're going to Moby Dicks. You know what? Yeah. Yeah, I'll go to Moby Dicks with them. You get there, you know, it's got that that's that piratey theme that it has. Welcome to Moby Dicks. Can I take your order? Oh my god, it's the same lady from last time. Gimme the head and the cap and cracking. We all sound like this. <laughs> Bring me an Ishmael. An Ishmael? Can I get the shrimp shack burger? Yeah, you want the extra large or the regular? Eh, extra large. We also, I, I really wish I, I need to take better notes about it. We spend so much time with fictional food. Also, it's worth mentioning, uh, Visual Aid, you may, you may want to make some calls, uh, potentially, because oh. it's your day off currently. I, oh, day job calls. Wait, I, I didn't order my food yet. Hold on, I'm still thinking. <laughs> Are you serious right now, Dan? Calls the office of the space cadet. Uh-uh, I'm sick. Uh-uh. Oh my god, Ruby, I hope you feel better later. Oh, I thought you were going to have me roll for deception. Why would you say that? Because <laughs> I have a lot of deception. <laughs> Derek, Derek, your manager is very trusting. Uh, I also sent a text to Agent Alan Rickard and to Bethany. Can I have the swordfish burger hold the sword? They bring you your Ishmael, they bring you your swordfish hold the sword, <laughs> your shrimp shack burger, and also whatever Laserhawk got. <laughs> you got an Ahab and a uh, something else. I don't remember what the other thing was. An Ahab and liquor to drink with the Ahab. And uh, yeah, they come and they, they give it to you. I'm going to say I'm telling them my plan of making the extra briefcases. Should we just randomly decide who gets the real one? What do you guys think? I'll carry the real one. Yeah, he's got a big fucking gun. <laughs> Something about that fills me with confidence. I'm open carrying and making everybody nervous. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to America. <laughs> this is Moby Dicks, they're used to it. <laughs> they just think you're pirate cosplaying? I'm cowboy cosplaying. Your gun is humorously large. That's true. So, like, what caliber does that shoot? 135,000 watts. Oh. That's not... Not how calipers work. <laughs> <laughs> We're not here to worry about my gun and how it works, alright? Just know it works. What you need to be worried about is if my brother takes an interest in what we're doing. Who the hell is your brother? My brother's Loki. God of mischief. And mayhem. Wait. Hold the fuck up. What? Wait, if he's a god, then are you saying you're a god? I'm a demigod. What? Okay. I I mean, I've met, we've met weirder. I don't. Yeah, I suspect you have. I'm just sort of give a pointed look at the Atlantean. Uh, <laughs> o 
Oh! Rude! Okay! The kid gloves are off now! <laughs> and then I, I look at uh, Beowulf and go, yeah, we don't discriminate against the weirder, though. I'm not discriminating, I'm pointing facts out. Look at that fella, he's got gills. Why is it always the gill comment? Because they're right there on your fucking neck. I mean, fair enough. God. Hey, I might not look it. I'm kind of weirder than he is. Brooke's sitting here legitimately trying to wrap his head around the fact that deities are apparently real. Because I got an extra large, I assume I have extra, so I get a to-go thing to put in my leftovers. I imagine, yeah, not too long later, you get a buzz from, from Betsy. Um, I imagine it actually probably comes to you, Beowulf, uh, just kind of letting you know, like, hey, train's ready. They're ready for us. Are you all situated? Let's boogie onward. I guess as they say, let's get on the train or get run over. Thanks for coming to Moby Dicks. Have a great day. You have a better one, sugar. We don't know each other that well. <laughs> I leave quicker. Uh, so you arrive at the main Riverside City train station, which is downtown. It's actually Betsy there to kind of like get, make sure you get onto the train. Uh, she gives kind of like uh, a discreet look around and hands the case off to you. When she hands the case off to Beowulf, I make the three extras in the rest of our hands. I guess let's get on the train and hopefully this one doesn't go to the bad place. There's a bad place? I like making references. You're going to have to get used to it. How much television does Beowulf watch? I ain't got one of them fancy light boxes in my house. Apparently your gun shoots watts. You prob- like you have a fancy light box. That's a different kind of light box. I've sent a lot of folks to the bad place, but they ain't get on no damn train. All right, so yeah, you get on the train. You do see, like, it's a five-car train. One at the back seems to be cargo. The first three are all uh, civilians, and they did successfully get you uh, your own singular private car. Yay. Do we have anything to, like, attach this to our bodies, or are we just holding it? I'm handcuffing mine to me. Oh, God. I make handcuffs. Oh, I'm telling record. You kidding me? He already knows she can do that. You guys didn't bring your own? Our private life is none of your business. <laughs> we, uh, attached, we attached the other suitcases to the rest of us. And I think before you get on the train, Beowulf, Betsy kind of grabs you by the arm and says, I don't want another screw up like in Atlanta. So who's babysitting who? Uh, if these heroes are worth half their salt, there ain't going to be another screw up. That's what I like to hear, as you were. You hear a conductor yell, all right, all aboard. Train heading to Seattle. Train heading to Seattle by way of Chicago. Why, hello, everyone. It's your boy, Bo. So you may have noticed by now that we have a guest star for this episode, and if I could be real with you, hi, he's a pretty big dude. Alex likes long walks on the beach, breathing non-irradiated air, and he's the assistant line developer of Mutants and Masterminds for Green Ronin. Psst, by the way, 
That's the game we're playing here, folks. In fact, he's constantly doing stuff online revolving around the game, especially on the Untold Stories project, where they have their own Masks and Mayhem games going on. If you want to check out the Untold Stories project, check them out at twitch.tv slash untoldstoriesproject or untoldstoriesproject.com. But hey! If you just want to get to know Alex a little more before you dive into that, go ahead and follow him too at twitter.com slash alexanderwright3. That's twitter.com slash alexanderwright3. Anyways, that's enough advertisement. We have a train to get on. Let's go! Ah, fuck, I guess I'm going to Seattle then. We, we established this already. We said Washington, didn't say shit about Seattle. God, everything's overpriced in Seattle. Get on the train and I'll try to make a snack for you, okay? The uh, main uh, alpha base for Union is located in Grant County, Washington, which is about three hours from Seattle. We have a private car, right? Correct. You have a private car. The first three train cars are civilians. So we're in the fourth. You're in the fourth, yes, and then the fifth one appears to be cargo. Does, like, the door close to the private car? It does. You know, it's, it's one that they can open because they come through for, like, you know, snacks and whatnot, and, and, you know, they might have to get back to the cargo. Right. Is there, like, a do not disturb sign we can put up? There is not. I, they'd probably ignore if I made a do not disturb sign because they're like, we didn't make these. <laughs> to bring your own. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I would say, obviously, the, the other three of you, you have never been to Alpha Base. Beowulf, you've definitely been there at least a handful of times over the years. It's the main base where all of like the logistics officers are. There's a lot of research going on there. Some of the training facilities for Union are based there. Like Every base has its own, but this is like a lot of folks would get sent here for specialized training and things like that. Presumably Rickard was there at one point. Assumably Ke like Kevin Lewis would be. Kevin Lewis, yeah, you know, as, as being such a high-ranking person. Yeah, I'll share that information with the team. It'd be nice to see a big base again. Now that they seem to not want to let us use Echo Base anymore. I think this cafeteria will have that meatloaf I'm so fond of. You literally just ate. <laughs> yeah, we're going to be on the train for a while, bucko. When you're kind of settling in, what are you doing? I make toothbrushes for everyone and hand them to them, and I say, we didn't have time to pack. <laughs> You know, true, true. Brock's putting his feet up on another seat, taking the Terry Bogart-ass baseball cap I'm retconning onto my head, putting it over my eyes, and catching some Z's Indiana Jones style. Hey, did you call the people in your life who might notice if you were gone for a couple days? Already shut, Carl, Carl let, let them know. Neither of them will ask questions. They never do. Love that I was being vague because <laughs> for you, <laughs> you just... We're in an empty train with one other person that works for Union. If he wanted to know everything about me, it wouldn't be hard. I really don't care. <laughs> you see? There you go. I was say Alex is going to have to do this, but I want the rest of you to roll per uh, perception checks. <laughs> okay. You, you don't want me to roll a perception check? Yeah, you're not going to need to, and you'll know why in a second. Perception or deception? Perception. Okay, that's much better. Unless you were all trying to deceive at once, and I really wasn't paying close enough attention. I put up the wrong amount of fingers. 21. 26. 13. You ain't perceiving shit. 
No, no, that's close enough that y'all y'all will recognize it. You happen to notice on either side of the car, kind of on you know some of the material attached to it. You notice that on either end, two ravens uh, land and kind of perch themselves on the edge of the car. Can I roll the knowledge and expertise history? Because Brandon knows what that is. I want to know what Brock knows. But to say, unless I'm about to metagame the shit out of this, because I know exactly what this is. Yeah, I think I probably know what this is too. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna have Yardak and uh, and Visual Aid roll, but uh, Laserhawk, I'm gonna say that you already know. <laughs> and obviously, Alex, if you don't know, then we're in a much different situation than I thought we were. <laughs> Sorry, right, twenty-one. Fourteen. I would say this is just not something that Ruby specialized enough in in school that uh, she would really be familiar. Oh, Birdie. <laughs> oh, Birdie. I, I mean, I actually, I like to imagine that you say that. That's Hugin and Moonin. Be nice to know as Bernie's looks up at Beowulf. I'm right about that, right? You're smarter than you look, Laserhawk. Th- so they're your Birdie's. They're my father's birds. Cool. And uh, I'll look over at Hugin and Munin and I will speak in German to them and say, go take a pass around the train and make sure we don't see anybody we recognize. Fuck, I don't think that Brock took any extra languages. I don't even know if Brock had the option to take extra languages. I can speak Atlantean. Uh, yeah, they do a big wide swath and then a closer one. Nothing of note comes up. Then I'll summon them back to me and tell them to hang out. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> There's a good fella. You're a good bird. No, give him a good scratch. Yeah, I imagine you're like opening the window so they can come and go. Mm-hmm. Get a little chin scratches. Ruby thinks it's adorable that you open the train to pet your pet. So <laughs> I like I like that you're calling them his pets. I Ruby doesn't know enough to not know. Sure, the fourteen. Leave her alone. And uh, it's around that time that the train starts taking off, picking up a steady pace, uh, heading west. Alrighty, chugga-chugga-choo-choo. Right, so are these, because this is going to be days we're on here, right? Are there, like, do these turn into beds at all, or are these just chairs? So you've been lucky enough, because you're in the private car, they don't turn in full beds, but they at least go flat that you could, like, sleep in them. Like, when the airline is nice to you and you get business class. I've never experienced this, but I believe you. (laughs) So what what's kind of your plan for at least this first leg of the trip? Let's say it's going to be roughly a three-day trip to get out there. Also, I will say that uh, I'm going to retcon this a little bit. Betsy told you that wherever you're heading, once you get there, they'll be able to fly you back. Okay. Neat. Is there a mess car? Yeah, that would be in the third car right ahead of you. There's a, a little bar with some chairs and, uh, you know, someone who kind of is rotating cast of people that are in charge of it. I'm going to go order a whiskey and uh, sit and keep an eye on people. Okay. Ruby is going to go with him because she doesn't think only one person should be with the real case. And I'm just excited to be on a train and not in the sky again, so I'm going to go too. Brock already has a flask in his pocket, so he doesn't need to head up yet. All right, and it sounds like Brock was already planning on uh, doing some some napping anyway. Yeah. Ruby sits down next to Beowulf and asks for a whiskey sour. In terms of like the general timeline... You left around noon on Thursday. The expectation is that you'll reach there roughly noon on Sunday. Ruby, you like shooting whiskey? I like it in a mixed drink. Carrie Underwood says you're on thin fucking ice. I don't know who that is. <laughs> so you have a whiskey sour, right? Is that what you're getting? Visual? Yeah. Did you say bourbon or did you say whiskey as well, Beowulf? 
Uh, I'm having a whiskey normal. <laughs> and uh, Yardak, what are you getting? <laughs> you say on the rock, something like that. So I'm changing mine up because my new obsession, I will be ordering a Paloma. I don't know if you're aware, Alex, that uh, Riverside City is in Connecticut. I knew it was New England somewhere. And so once you get through New York, have you have you shot back a couple? Or are you getting any food while you're at this at this bar? Or what'd you do? I'm doing a couple. All right. Do they got mozzie sticks? Uh, yeah, <laughs> they have somehow the facilities to make mozzarella. I imagine it's probably frozen mozzarella sticks that are being like microwaved. Yeah. Fuck yeah. So as as you're kind of sitting and drinking just a little bit past New York, someone's like walking by you, Yardak, and they trip and they kind of fall onto you. Oh. And it's because the train took like a big bump. So not a fake fall, like an actual fall. No, 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 no. Like, yeah, like the train train hiccuped and they fell onto you. I mean, it's a man in a business suit and he says, my apologies, good sir. I know you said it's a normal fall, but can I do a perception check to see if he's any kind of shady? Can I do an insight check? Or would it be an insight check? Insight, yeah, would probably be better for, for determining intent. I would also like to do an insight check. Go for it. That was a goodie. 29 altogether. I would like to dream about kittens. All right, roll for kittens. Unnatural 20. Uh, I got a 16. First roll in this dice is a 10. Perfectly in the middle. I rolled a 15 in my dream about kittens. They are amazing kittens. However, the jostling of the train did awake you. Damn it. All right, I guess I'll go get drunk. Um, I think actually it's at that point that someone actually comes into the car. They're kind of making their way through towards the back and they see you getting up. Oh, sir, are you okay? Did you need anything? I'm good. I just feel like getting drunk because I'm stuck on the train for three days. And, and it's a it's a younger, I'd say, like college age woman. She goes, I hear that. So the only cart behind us is, is it luggage? Cargo, luggage. Yeah, yeah. OK. You haven't been in there. You don't know what's in there. My initial reaction was to flirt. And then I remembered, Brock, you're almost horny. You made the right move. Getting old is hard, you guys. I say to two people whose age is in the double digits. Triple digits. I've entered, the, I've entered the Edward Cullen territory of 40, and it's fine now that I'm over 100. <laughs> right? Is that how that works? <laughs> to everyone's inside check, though, feels as though it was definitely an accident for him to fall into you. Does seem just something about him seems a little off. You can't quite place it. It's like, that's all right, sir. Here, why don't you take my seat? And I kind of, when I get up, I kind of nudge uh, Beowulf to kind of like be like, maybe we should go back to our car. I, that's not that's not how I take that. I'm going to grab that guy by the shoulder and bring him over to me. No, no. <laughs> like lean in close to him. Be like, hey, feller, why don't you watch where you're going? All right. Are you trying to do an intimidation explicitly? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Roll an intimidation. Uh, 27. I, I'm terribly sorry, sir. Um, I, I, I'll be more careful in the future. You see that you do that. And I'll sort of let him go sort of roughly. Uh, he gets up. Um, he had sat down. He gets up and goes to like another part of the car. He has he decided not to order anything. And um, as homeboy walks away, I want to draw one of my little shardling runes on the ground and have one trail him but like secretly you form this rune on the floor of this train right and it glows with a blue energy almost like like a cartoon character coming to life forms this little shardling a little tiny bipedal you know kind of almost glassy looking creature <laughs> everyone in this train car freaks the hell out beowulf also freaks out 
I said, I said subtly. I guess roll a stealth check, but like. <laughs> can can we make it a team check? And can I visually try to make it appear like it's not there? Ooh. You're using your illusion powers to hide this thing's creation. <laughs> no, she just makes a distraction, just throws her glass across the car. No, no, no. Was I misunderstanding or did you mean, did you mean something else? No, the first one, not whatever the fuck Dan was suggesting. Yeah, I'm going to allow that to occur. Would I, um, uh, do you want me to roll or do you like, does he roll an advantage for that? I'm not going to have you, I'm not going to have you roll for that part. We're going to see how quiet it is, basically. Okay. I may make you roll a check in the mm-hmm. future to maintain it, potentially, depending on, you know, how long, how long it's going for. Not fucking 20. Yeah. With a um nine in my stealth. This thing, when it forms into life, it creates the light. Um, but visually, I think you get on that immediately and kind of block the light. So no one's really noticing. And you can hear a little. <laughs> I tell them, I was like, yeah, I made it so they can't see it. Tell me next time you're going to do that. Fair enough. I just didn't think it was that noticeable because I don't think we've ever actually like really talked about how noticeable it would be. I didn't know this was that kind of train. Ruby just makes a rave all of a sudden. What are you talking about? It's a party train. <laughs> you just got all the cash cab. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I laughed so hard. My chest hurt. Dan, for that hilarious moment, you will be granted a hero point. Yes. I will use it wisely on something so, so dumb. You make this shardling. What are you telling it to do? And you rolled stealthily, so I'll assume you're able to like whisper it very subtly. I really just tell that guy and be quiet about it. So yeah, this thing takes off. So Brandon in the private car, uh, after you got up and you're heading towards the, the mess car. Yep, I had an awkward conversation with some college kid. Sounds like I'm on public transport. Um, and then she head back to the cargo bay. You're heading uh, up front. Uh, this guy is just kind of sitting there, as far as you can tell, Yardak, uh, not really like you know doing anything, just kind of uh, scared. He doesn't really want to go back to the bar, it seems, so long as Beowulf is there. I'm just like, imagine like the shardling just like hanging on under his seat, just like listening. <laughs> I'm going to tell Yardak, check your pockets there, feller. Oh, no, did I have to get pickpocketed on the train? Uh, no, you check your pockets and there doesn't seem to be anything missing. What about my handcuff? Is it loose at all? Nope, it's 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 steady. Okay. So he was just a creep, I guess. We'll find out. And so, Laserhawk, yeah, you made your way up. It's it's not that far to get uh, to the mess car. Honor, how you doing? Three whiskeys. Anyone else want a whiskey? Well, if you're buying, I'll take another one. All right, four whiskeys. The real question is, does Union have a tab for us? All right, so, um, yeah, we don't have anything on the, on the page about this. Would you say that you have a company card, <laughs> Probably, I mean... I mean, if he's, like, a legitimate, like, employee... If you're out in the field, you gotta stay in random hotels and stuff, I imagine. Except you're a demigod. I have an expense card, I assume. Okay, so, yeah, you have an expense card. Uh, Betsy didn't tell you there's any specific uh, limits. <laughs> I ask the... I assume there's a bartender or something. At this point, it's been at least a couple hours, so they definitely probably, like, rotated out a person. Um, I ask if they have any Sour Patch Kids. Like, are you just, like, self-insert, because you always have Sour Patch Kids? I don't right now. I want them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it looks like, uh, I, I, it looks like I got some from the snack cart here. 
I'll have to, ch- I'll have to charge you for them if we're putting it in something. Right, you're on a chain, so it's gonna be like seven dollars for the smallest fucking pack of Sour Patch Kids. Put it on the card. I don't give a shit. <laughs> wait, wait. I just realizing. If does he think I want? He said if he puts them in something. Like, I, I didn't know if you were planning. I didn't know if you were planning on putting him in a drink or some shit. That was me. That was me personally not knowing what you were doing here. I just want Sour Patch Kids to eat. Yeah, them. I just assumed you wanted a snack. <laughs> Your fantasy is fulfilled. You have Sour Patch Kids. Yay. Yay. This is why we play role-playing games. Mm-hmm. Homeownership. <laughs> Sour Patch Kids. Long rest. Long rests. By this point, it's say you're you're just getting pat you're just getting near Ohio. Um, it's about 8 p.m. I'm gonna ask the bartender after we've been hanging out for a little while. Hey fella, are you uh you've been on the train long all day, last couple of days? Yeah, yeah, I, uh, you know, I, I pretty much take this line back and forth, you know, I get out usually for a day, but I'm, uh, Seattle's home, so I'm gonna, uh, you know, I'm gonna get off when we get there. You seen any weird characters around, other than the present company? Buddy, the things I've seen on this train, uh, I mean, you know, nothing recently, nothing to note, you know, we had a, we had a guy who had to call out sick at the last minute, and, uh, yeah, the train's a little fuller than normal, but nothing too too terribly unusual. I say the guy being sick is unusual only because you know he's, he's you know he also is home back home in Seattle. It sucks they had to stay in uh stay in Riverside, that fucking place. Hey guys, check it out! I found these red flags. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that totally sucks. He didn't try to like get back home. Did you did you talk to him personally? Uh, yeah, no, I mean, he just said he was going to have to spend an extra, he was just gonna have to spend a couple days there. I think company's paying for it since, you know, he does, since he doesn't really have anywhere else to stay. That's nice. Who took his place in the shift? Sure. Asking a lot of personal questions about the runnings of this train. That seems like suspicious. I, I think I'm seeing something. I better say something. <laughs> <laughs> you must hear your shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it was, uh, I think it was Courtney. Uh, she's on, uh, she's on winter break. Also, it's it's January, so it's been, you know, kind of you're finally you're out of uh, New England and it seems to be kind of gotten away from the snow at this point. Not that Ohio is particularly warm at this time of day or this time of year. This is Rachel knowing something that Laserhawk knows, but. What? <laughs> Laserhawk has met a young, a very young college age girl. Oh, oh, yeah, shit. I should have killed her. <laughs> First it was flirt, now it's kill. Neither okay. I'm sorry. I thought we were playing a game where everything kind of wants to kill us. And it go, lucky there was someone around to take a spot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, train can run without extra people, but who wants to deal with that kind of shifts? I certainly don't want to be here all night. No offense. Oh, of course not. Done taken. I get it. God, you you guys have must have like a bed or something, right? Because I being here all the time, that would suck. We've got a couple uh we got a couple cots back in the cargo area. Plus we, you know, if there's any you know, when there's free seats and you know, he looks around, he's like, you know, not as many as normal, but you know, we're allowed to, you know, kind of uh put up camp on one of those. Good, good, good. And the train probably just seems more more full than normal because there's a whole car that was taken up by a by a party. Is that right? Is that us? No, he's referring to your car. Oh. Yeah. I rescind my suspicion. 
<laughs> I am unsuspicious. I see, like, Beowulf looking suspicious and I go, us. Mm. Oh, yeah, we're together or whatever. Uh, mind if I ask you a question? Sure. You in a band or something? Everybody's got matching uh, briefcases. Yes. <laughs> we are a band of friends. It's actually the name of our band. Because this seems like with... Because I'm assuming he could see that they're like... Handcuffed. Attached to us. Yeah. Oh, we're just transporting some legal documents. It's Rich people are so weird about their contracts. Yeah, I'm a paralegal. And do I need to uh, do I like do I need to roll anything for that specifically? Uh, actually, I'm gonna have uh, everyone who spoke is rolling a perception check here. A perception. Sorry, check. sorry, a deception check. That's why I was trying to speak because yeah. I have good. Deception. Yeah, yeah. Every, except everyone decided to speak, and now everyone's doing a deception check. <laughs> I haven't got to say shit yet. Yeah. Do you want to say something, Brandon? No. All right, well, then you... I've learned that there's consequences to our actions. Can I roll an intimidation check, RC? 23. I got a 23 as well. 23. You want to roll intimidation instead? Yeah. With your I'm a paralegal? Yeah, but I'm going to say it surly-like. Let's see if you've uh, made this person want to leave their station. (laughs) Uh, It's a 14. He does not look particularly intimidated. Yeah, for the two of you, he's like, all right, sure, whatever, paralegal, rich people. Doesn't change anything about how much I'm making here. <laughs> except except uh, this tip jar. Uh, no, for, the, for the record, I said rich people are weird. I am not rich people. I work for rich people. I will, I'll slip a 20 into his tip jar. So most of what he has, a few of the big bottles, but he also has a few of those little, like, you know, airplane bottles. Mm-hmm. He kind of does a quick dart around. He slips two of them to you. You're a good feller. I'm going to put a 20 in that jar, too. Uh, you have not developed the same rapport. He just says thank you. Drop another 20. <laughs> you get two tiny bottles of alcohol. Wonderful. I drink them now. Oh, those were meant to be on the... Oh, whatever. I slip a 10 in there, and I was like, I'm not trying to do anything. I'm just trying to tip you. Thank you. And then I want to open... Just because I'm, I'm feeling like a nice guy, I open my wallet, and I'm like, well, the company's paying for it. And I say, like, take out what I have and throw it in there. You can make up some amount. It's nothing extravagant. Alright, so 72, 46 all together. There you go. Well, he thanks you and gently acknowledges uh, the wheels of capitalism are oiled by the blood of the worker. Um, <laughs> here, here. I remember when that wasn't always the case, son. When? <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> You tipped him enough, he doesn't question it. They're just paralegal things. He just assumes Beowulf's a boomer. Oh, definitely. Actually, yeah, that, so we didn't establish exactly how old does Beowulf look. Uh, he looks to be about 35. Oh. At least in the face, but not in the eyes. The eyes are the eyes are what give it away. Yeah. I'm a haggard 40. How do I still look worse? Fuck this. Uh, you're not a demigod. It's probably not working. That's probably what's <laughs> not working in your favor here. <laughs> By this time, it's about 9 p.m. The bartender whose name you haven't asked. Uh, That's rude. <laughs> we gave him money. He doesn't care if we know his name. Because they die when I ask, Garcy. Everyone you have ever connected with is in danger. Um, and that's the lesson here.
He lets you know that they are closing up shop for the night. He says they'll have a uh, snack thing kind of set up with an honor system. Like, you know, leave a dollar, take a snack. I ask before they close up for a what's the like actual food item they have? Mozzarella sticks. Do they have a burger or anything like that? They have sandwiches, pre-made sandwiches. I ask for a a bunch of sandwiches to have for the night. All right. Well, we'll be rest- we'll be restocking in Chicago. So here you go. And I, you know, I put I put another ten in in the tip jar. Man, these rich people must be paying you well. They are. <laughs> all right. Well, all the drinks are going on their card, so tip is just from us. So yeah, it's about eight, almost nine p.m. What's the plan for overnight? I said we should all go back in now, so we can talk amongst ourselves privately. Mm-hmm. And you said our seats are, we don't have pull-out beds or anything, but like... Your seats go flat so that you can sleep on them. Oh, okay. I think we should take turns sleeping. I don't think we should all be asleep at the same time. No, I think you're right. Why do you think I took a nap so you knuckleheads could sleep? Does Beowulf sleep? Uh, Beowulf does sleep. I'm not immune to that. Should we do, like, shifts where we... Where only one of us is awake, or should we, like, pair off? Well, if you're like, I end up needing one of you, I can shrug you awake. True. Okay. I look around. Are there blankets or pillows or anything? Yeah, at the front of the car, there's, like, a little, like, uh, kind of cart that has, uh, you know, some some basic amenities like that. They purchased you a whole crane car, so, like, you know, they got a, uh, they're giving you some, like, you know, perks. Yeah. This might just be me being paranoid, but I'd maybe make your own pillowcases. <laughs> oh. You think they drug the pillowcases? Ruby's like, I don't trust these makes own pillows. This is good travel etiquette. I, I make a bunch of neck pillows for everyone. Do any of us, uh, do we think we should have a good conversation with that Courtney chick? Hang on a minute. I haven't seen that chick walk back through. Since I saw her go into the luggage cart. And we're at the back, right? Uh, you're the fourth car of five. The fifth car is the cargo area where they said some of them sleep. And I, you know, I go here in case you need a like story while you're back there. And I make like a suitcase to have him bring back. They're like, oh, I, we want to throw one of our suitcases in the luggage car. Sure. Cool. I'm going to go give that a quick little peeky. If you hear me start screaming, don't hesitate to rush in. And I make a dagger and put it in my belt when he says that, and I go, you know, I'm always ready. Is anyone uh, going with Laserhawk, or is Laserhawk going solo? Was that the idea? I'm going to go with Laserhawk. Okay. And then while they are making their way to that car, I want to check in with my Shardling and see if he's heard anything. Uh, Well, the Shardling comes up and speaks to you. Ask him. I just imagine, every time I just imagine, like, an Animal Crossing uh, speak. It's like KK Slider, yeah. So yeah, it comes up and says, uh, guy seems a little shifty, but, you know, nothing outwardly, uh, you know, bad. Yes, He did not tip well. Oh, yes, Cheap ass. Also, also, when you left, he finally ran up and, and got some got some food and a drink. Mm. So I want to quick say uh, thanks for the check in. All right, go back. <laughs> Tell them to look out for anyone else who looks suspicious. Please. Yeah, eyes peeled. Or 
She doesn't really have eyes, but... What's about you? She's kind of an overall shard, yeah. Um, and, it, and it runs up, like it jumps up, punches the button, it opens, and then it has to jump across, like, you know, the two cars. Now, I picture it does the butt wiggle like a cat. Yeah, a little bit right before it jumps. RC, is there a camera in our car? No, nothing that you pick up on. Um, since I'm about to leave the room on a potentially dangerous mission, I will take the handcuff off with my briefcase. And I'll hand that to Ruby. Visual, I'll hand it to Visual Aid. And I'll say, will you hide this in that pile of sheets? And I make another a fake briefcase for you. I'll leave that in my seat, the new fake one that you're making for me. Okay, I make the um, real one look like a pillow. Illusion or like you're covering it in a pillowcase or? I think illusion. Okay. And then I'm going to like have my arms like around it, like holding a pillow. So right now you are maintaining two illusions then. The shardling to keep it uh, not from being visible and uh, and the pillow. Can I do that? Uh, it doesn't. Yeah, it's a volume that you can definitely cover it. It's just going to be again. This might be this may this may come back to a point where I'm going to have you roll a check uh, to see, you know, how well you're maintaining them. Yeah, I put the uh, the handcuff on my wrist, even though it's like the handcuffs under the suitcase. It looks like a pillow so no one can see it. All right. And then so it's Laserhawk and Beowulf heading back. It's very crowded, like there's a lot of luggage and, and like boxes and things back here. So a little bit of a a pseudo maze to get to the back I and mean, there's not much lighting going on there's like two kind of hanging bulbs this is not a nice car like you know the customer facing ones and as you get back there you see courtney and also another person uh who seems to be kind of waking up from a nap i would like to roll a perception check to see what i perceive with my laser eyes oh you got laser eyes i got laser everything you can you can roll one too beowulf Genuine question Ruby's now having. Is, are they laser eyes? I think they technically can be because we have in the art that uh, that the eyes are green, like a pulsating green. 25. I got an 18 with my not laser eyes. You both notice there's four cots back here. Two of them, Courtney kind of sitting like feet on the ground, like in the cot. And the other person, kind of a shorter gentleman, seems like he's kind of like stretching and waking up from a nap. And he kind of just says, like, oh, man, how long was I out? To be clear, it's not the bartender. It's like another person that you hadn't really seen before. The one thing I would say that you pick up on Laserhawk is uh, Courtney has like a knife and she is like whittling. Oh, that's not concerning at all. Uh, I guess I'm going to kind of like nudge Beowulf and discreetly point that out without saying anything. Do me a favor. uh, Roll a sleight of hand and, and insight, respectively, to make sure that you're picking up on the right things. Uh, the sleight of hand's an unnatural 20. Okay. All right. I think you succeeded. I got a nine. It's a subtle enough motion. I think you, you, you understand what uh, Laserhawk meant. Um, okay. Uh, so what are you doing now? You have, you have perceived, you have, you know, uh, understood, incited. What is she whittling? Like, what shape is she making? Like, she's just getting started, but the end is kind of rounded off. You're not 100% sure what she's making. A cylinder? That she has rounded off the edge from. So how do you want to handle this, Laserhawk? Nothing's happened yet. Just be mindful of that back door. I kind of wanted to interrogate her, but I I don't want to attack her in front of other people. Nothing wrong with making small talk. How about you initiate? 
And Aaron, what's your win on? Uh, she looks surprised and her friend kind of pops up too. It's like, oh, hi. Um, sorry. sorry about that. Just fishing some stuff out of my luggage real quick. Is that okay? Oh, yeah. Um, I guess, yeah, we would just ask in the future that you, you request one of us uh, to accompany you back here. It's, it's fine. We're already here. Just my, my apologies, ma'am. It's late, so I kind of figured, well, I don't have to bug them, but I'll keep that in mind for the future. Roll deception. Wow, he's very good at that. Bet. Holy fuck, I love you, Big Green. That's a 21. She does not seem you know, particularly phased. Like, she under- you know, is understanding. She seems pretty chill. Ah, oh, thank God. Years of being at my wife's work meetings slash Christmas parties have finally paid off. Oh, you're oversharing. We're divorced now, but at least I got something out of it other than trauma. And a kid. None of this is in character. <laughs> I think it's in character, it's just not out loud. I guess pretending to fish luggage out of the suitcase you brought, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, you gotta tell me more about what you're doing, otherwise you're... I was gonna say, if she asks, I'm gonna say, I already got the shit. If she asks further, I guess I'm gonna whip out my flask. And I think, so her friend also looks to be kind of college age, um, and he is kind of keeping more of an eye on you as you're, as you're fishing these items out. You know, he seemed real, real spooked by, uh, by your sudden appearance. No, that's fair, I get it, I'm a good-looking dashing type. Probably also the very angry guy with the gun. Kind of taking a look at your general demeanor and behavior. Uh, their friend goes, y'all some kind of circus folk? Yeah, you can say that. I, I, I guess I could. It was more of a question, though. No, I'm not a circus folk, son. I worked at a circus for like three summers. Is that Brandon talk? Brock pulls backstory out of his ass. Yeah, is, well, no, is this, can, is this canonical for Laserhawk? It is now. That sounds like something that you do when you're in Michigan. You just work at the circus over the summer. He was a carny. That would honestly explain how Brock talks in so much pro wrestling language, despite never having established that Brock likes pro wrestling. Yeah, that sounds perfect, actually. There's this large period of silence as you're not looking through um, through luggage, and they're looking more and more uncomfortable with the fact that you're just kind of I'll take a suitcase down from the rack and start rifling through it. <laughs> I love this idea that this character mostly just does like, I imagine a lot of big battles and so hasn't had to do this kind of uh, subterfuge as often. Yeah, I hate this part of the job. Put a frost giant in my face. I can deal with that. <laughs> oh, uh, I am kind of just working on this. The, my goal was to see if I can make it into a billiard ball. Oh, I mean, I'm in college for uh, for art, so I'm trying to see if I can make it like perfectly round. Oh, no shit. Carving specifically or just a general art degree? Uh, just in general. This is just, you know, kind of a, a it's something I have to do for this semester, but it's kind of, you know, just a hobby. Yeah, yeah. Got to get those elective credits out of the way. I've... So, yeah, she says that and her friend is like, yeah, we both go to uh, Riverside College of Art and Design. Oh, no shit. Riverside. Yeah. Is that the college that we've had several fight scenes in by now? It is not, no. That is a Riverside University. And also not the Fleming Film Institute where Ruby went to school. There's a lot of colleges. It's New England. Nobody's trying to rob the art students. Uh, I'll take something out of the suitcase I'm rifling through. 
I assume it's like a like an old lady's cardigan. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's mostly just this entire suitcase is just sweaters. Mm. I'll take a sweater out. Um, yeah, it, it's it's a very very fine cashmere sweater. Well, I'm sure no one's gonna miss that. I'll walk over to to Laserhawk and put my hand on his back. Say, I think we got everything we need. All right. What uh, what was your name again, Miss? Oh, um, I didn't give it. Hi, I'm Courtney. And and you are? Well, I'm Beowulf. Oh. The bartender said you were filling in for somebody who was sick. Weird that Colin would just give out that information, <laughs> but yeah. Well, you know, you get to small talking. Yeah, I, I suppose so. She says, yeah, I'm I'm filling in for a guy who was sick, had to stay back in Riverside, you know. Does that happen a lot? Uh, not really. You know, you know, they're they're trying to be really cautious right now regarding, uh, you know, illness on the train. That makes sense. Why? What, what are you telling us, Archie, about this universe? COVID's coming to the mayhemverse. Maybe people in this universe just, you know, take uh, sick leave more seriously. In America, no, they don't. Actually, that's how we avoided COVID in this universe. People actually have sick leave and were able to take it. I don't suppose you've seen anybody weird on the train other than the two of us. I'll point at Laserhawk. And and her friend kind of like makes a gesture and goes, oh yeah, there's also that guy on the, in the middle train. He's being a little shifty. You know, very closed off when it comes to when it comes to anyone talking to him. Seems a little spooked too. I don't know. Uh, don't know what happened. I just kind of caught him a little while ago. Oh, what's that fella look like? Uh, he's wearing he's wearing a suit. You know, not a lot of folks doing that right now these days. <laughs> he's wearing a suit. Fucking weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> On a three day train ride. Yeah, there we go. That's a G man right there. You said he's in the middle car. Yeah, he's in the middle car, the mess car. Rock will remember that. Yeah, I guess while we're thinking about it, I don't, you know, you guys seem cool. I feel like I can talk to you about stuff, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, of course. There's also a couple, uh, couple of rowdy kids up in the second car, you know, hoping that they're not going to cause any more problems. Do you need someone to talk to them kids? Sort them out. Honestly, that'd be great. You know, we'll see if they do anything, but it's just, you know, I, you know, we can't really, you know, uh, interfere too much. I got a rowdy teenager at home, so if you need someone to give him the dad talk. I'm your guy. Deception check. No, I'm just kidding. Deception check. You're not in your child's life. <laughs> oh, I was going to say my deception. I was saying Carl's perfect. We're both right. Uh, her friend kind of stretches and stands up and goes, well, we should let Courtney get some sleep, I think. Ah, oh, yes, yes. My apologies. Sorry. Get to talking. Oh, uh, we got what we need? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to take my old lady sweater back with me. <laughs> 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 All right, well. Let's head on up. You two have a fantastic night now. You too, sir. Chapter 57 With God Seek to Punish. Masters and Mayhem uses the game Mutants and Masterminds by Green Ronin Publishing. We are not affiliated. This episode was written, edited, and forced to roam the Great Plains of America by R.C. Byler. With additional production assistance by myself, Pope Brandon Brownson. If you enjoy the show, boy howdy, would you do us a favor and leave us a review on Podchaser.com? It makes us feel all nice and fuzzy inside. Our logo art is by Jen Evans, and our font is by AJ Eisen. Our theme music is by myself, Pope Brandon Brownson. Additional music credits, social media links, blog posts, and episodes can be found at our website, MasksAndMayhem.com. 
And if, hey, if no one else told you today, you're looking pretty good. I like that new thing you're doing with your shoes.